You're a wizard, Abby! Tomorrow, Sarah Tompkins, and I'm Majaya Shrestha. This week, we talk about Chapter 30, The Pensive. We talk about The Pensive a little bit more with a special guest, and the battle for the Triquizard Tournament continues. Welcome back again to the Triquizard Tournament. This time we've got a score roundup with Bajaya in the lead at 21, Sarah two points behind at 19, and Michael at 13. Um, uh, places for 300. In, in what building was Frank Bryce murdered? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that? Is that a burp? What happened? <laughs> 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 like, it's like the gardener's house in the Riddle State? The Riddle House is the correct. Well, okay. So was, it's not the, the gardener's house. He, he, was, get, he, he was in the, the Riddle House. Oh, well, house got it wrong. Wrong. You got it yes. wrong, you stupid. Is that no. a little higher no. no, no points. No points. No, no, that one. Places. Places. Thank you. Jesus, that one. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> we have to. We have to band together. <laughs> 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 Who, by the way, forgot to bring the Quizich cup? And if Sarah wins, I promise to wait at least two months before I start. I'm not worried. Okay. About that. <laughs> I think you should go again. Okay. I got it wrong, though. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's okay. Um, I'll do my places for 500. No, that one wrong, too. It's hard. Where was Sirius staying in Hogsmeade? Ding, ding, ding. What? Uh, In a cave outside of town? Yeah. Oh, shit. Which one was this one? That was, that was 500. 500. Cool. And that was my nice Pensive. The pensive or the pensive. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Take your pick. So, Harry, if you remember at the end of last chapter, Moody had seen that Harry was outside of Dumbledore's office. Fudge is also there, and they're all talking, and 
Moody opens the door and Harry's like, all right, he clearly knows that I've been here for a little bit and he knows that I've been eavesdropping, so I'm not going to try to pretend. Oops. So uh, as soon as he starts talking, he's like, you know, I didn't see Madame Maxime anywhere in the grounds and it was, it's probably where when Crouch disappeared and she would probably have a really hard time hiding because she's huge. And Fudge doesn't say anything, but Dumbledore's like, Mm. He gives him, a, gives Harry a little smile, like you, you're okay. <laughs> so Fudge, <laughs> Dumbledore, <laughs> Fudge, Dumbledore, and Moody um, are going to go into the grounds to examine where Crouch disappeared. And Dumbledore's like, just stay here, wait for me here. They probably won't, we won't be long. So Harry's just sitting in the office. He like sits down on an armchair and he's thinking about his dream and examining the objects in the office. He says hi to Fox. He sees the Gryffindor sword that he pulled out of the sorting hat, which is also there. It's probably snoozing. So he kind of feels calmer about the dream now because he knows he's going to be telling Dumbledore about it soon. And then he's like just doing that when uh, bright silver light, silvery white light coming from the cabinet that holds uh, Dumbledore's gadgets. It catches his attention. So he pulls the object out, which is, you know... Clearly the smart thing to do in the wizarding world where everything can kill you like we talked about in last uh, episode. So the thing that he pulls out is a shallow basin-like object with runes and symbols etched on it, which he doesn't know any of, like, what any of that means. So he's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so he's this like, probably isn't never... cursed. Yeah. So the substance contained in the basin he's never seen before, it's like... Kind of look like looks like liquid. Kind of looks like gas, and it like kind of gets cloudy, and then it gets clearer, and it's kind of moving around. So he knows better than to touch it with his bare hands. So what better to do than hide <laughs> it with your wand that's connected to your hand? So mm. where he touches the wand to the substance, it separates and kind of becomes transparent, like kind of like a mirror. So he bends really close to the basin and sees a room. Like, he's kind of, like, looking down from the ceiling, kind of like if you're looking at a dollhouse from up above. Mm -hmm. So the room he sees is uh, dimly lit, doesn't have any windows. There are witches and wizards sitting on rows upon rows of chair on all sides of the room. And there's a single chair in the middle with arm restraints. And this kind of gives Harry an uneasy feeling. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So he knows that this is not Hogwarts, but he doesn't know where it is. So the room is square, but the basin is round. So he has to lean in more because he can't see, like, all corners of the room. Mm -hmm. So his nose touches the basin. Don't touch it with your hand, but touch it with your nose, with your face. (laughs) And the office lurches, and then he falls straight into the room, but he doesn't crash. He finds himself sitting on a bench in the room. Oh, nice. So, yeah. But the weird thing is that none of the occupants of the room seemed to notice that a teenage boy had just dropped into their midst. So, (laughs) yeah. He realizes that he's sitting next to Dumbledore, and he's like, oh, sorry, Professor, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Dumbledore does not respond to him. He realizes, because he's this has happened to him before, he realizes that he is once again in someone else's memory, because he was in Tom Riddle's memory in book two. That's right. Yas. So Harry is examining the room that he's in, and then a door opens, and a man is brought in by two Dementors. It's a younger Karkaroff. Kind of Dumbledore kind of looks the same, but he can tell by Karkaroff that, probably because Dumbledore's like, 
a thousand years old. <laughs> Karkaroff is definitely younger. So Marty Crouch starts talking to Karkaroff about how he had been brought in from Azkaban because he, Karkaroff had said that he had some evidence to provide to the ministry. And Karkaroff's like, I'm so sorry about what I did. Uh, Lord Voldemort, is, well, he doesn't say Voldemort, but he says the Lord is really like unforgiving. I was scared. We didn't know everybody's names, but I knew some names. He was very secretive about everything. And Moody's like, God, he's probably, Crouch is probably going to let him off because Karkaroff's going to give him some names of the Voldemort's followers. And Moody is also younger, and he's definitely not missing some of the stuff that he's from his face and body that he's missing <laughs> currently. <laughs> he's, yeah, so Moody's mad, and Moody's like, come on, just go ahead and tell us the, the names that you can, you know. So Karkaroff says Dolohov, who has already been apprehended, Rosier, who's dead, Travers, and Mulsabur, uh, who have both been apprehended. And at this point, he's like kind of panicking because his lifeline is kind of floating away. And then he says Rookwood. And Crouch is like, oh, Rookwood, eh? He's a, he's a spy or he, the Rookwood from Department of Mysteries. And Karkaroff's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely a spy for our Lord Voldemort. And then um, Karkaroff also tries to say Snape, but Dumbledore gets up and says, I've already given evidence on behalf of Snape. He's totally fine. He used to be, he used to work for Voldemort, but then he came on our side and then acted like a spy or acted as spy for our Just side. Just like one. Not really. He wasn't really yeah, a spy. like a spy. He just did like a bunch of rolls and pulled <laughs> a gun. Wore a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> So Crouch is like, okay, you can go back to Azkaban and I'll review your file. Then the room dissolves, the memory room dissolves and reforms. And he's sitting in the the same room, but a different seat. And the atmosphere feels more relaxed. And then he also spies a younger Rita Skeeta in the crowd. Rita Skeeta. Guess who walks in but Ludo Bagman. Oh, shit. Bagman. Yeah, and this this isn't like current Ludo Bagman. This is like clearly in his prime Bagman. Hmm. He's been charged for activities of the Death Eaters, which is passing info to Voldemort supporters. And Bagman's like, look, I I was an idiot. I didn't know that Rookwood was a Death Eater. I just knew him through my dad. My dad and his dad were friends. And he promised me in the a spot in the ministry after my Quidditch career is over. He's like, I can't keep taking bludgers to my head forever. And the whole crowd laughs. It's, it's just a hoot. Just cutting up. <laughs> yeah. So Crouch is like, all right, I'm going to put the this vote up to the jury. And no one votes for imprisonment. And one witch even congratulates, like gets up and congratulates him on his performance in the match against Turkey this past Saturday. And Crouch is like, tells Dumbledore, it'll be a sad day when Bagman joins the ministry. Oh, shoot. Dang. Prepare to be sad, Crouch. So the room (sighs) dissolves again. And then it's, again, a completely different atmosphere when it reforms. There's, like, total silence, which is only broken by a witch's sobs, which that is sitting next to Barty Crouch. So four people are brought in. And one of those four is a boy in his late teens. So Crouch starts reading off what they're accused of, which is uh, using the Cruciatus curse on the Longbottoms. 
and the teenager starts pleading. He just goes, "Father, I didn't do it. Father, you have to believe me. Mother, blah blah blah." blah. So it's Crouch's son. It's Barty Crouch Jr. So he keeps reading, like he Barty Crouch just like gets louder and louder reading their what they're accused of. And then the vote is unanimous to imprison them for life in Azkaban. Oh, no. Yeah. So Marty Cross Jr. is, like, getting even, like, worse. He's, like, screaming and pleading with his dad. And all the while, the other three prisoners rise. And and a heavily lidded lady says they alone, the four of them alone, tried to find Voldemort. And they will be rewarded when he returns. This lady is probably not going to come up later. Okay. Nope, never. Yeah. So, dad, dad, I just called Crouch Dad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Marty Crouch Jr. is still like yelling and pleading to his father. Crouch says, You are no son of mine. I have no son. Oh. Dang. Dang, that's rough. As his son is being led away by the Dementors, which is super harsh. So at this point, real time, real, yeah, real time Dumbledore is in the room and he's like, I think it's time to go back to the office now, Harry. You have, (laughs) he's probably like, you have um, just, you know, intruded into my private memories enough. Thank you, child. So Dumbledore explains that the basin is a pensive and he uses it to sort through his memories and thoughts and it's easier to find the link between things when they're set out in this form. So Harry's like, you mean that stuff is your thoughts? Like, yes, <laughs> That's literally, literally exactly what he said. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, Harry. Teenagers tend to Such be a sweet, simple boy. <laughs> So Dumbledore uh, takes out a memory of Snape telling him about Karkaroffs and his something coming back stronger and clearer. And then he prods the pensive again and a memory of a teenage girl talking about getting hexed for teasing comes up and it's Bertha Jorkins. So Dumbledore's like, uh, so this is not what we came to talk about or what you came to talk to me about. What is it? And Harry's like, well, yeah, I had this dream about Voldemort torturing Wormtail and Voldemort gets a letter saying, as Sarah said last week, that Wormtail's blender has been repaired and someone was dead. And Wormtail wouldn't be fed to Voldemort's son, snake or son, but Harry would be. And then he used the Cruciatus curse on Wormtail. And then Harry woke up with his forehead hurting really badly. And Dumbledore's like, mm, didn't your scar hurt during the summer too? And Harry's like, how do you know? <laughs> Dumbledore's like, I talked to Sirius, too. I'm the one that told him to hide in that cave in the mountain, you stupid boy. Hmm. You stupid bitch. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) So Dumbledore has a theory that Harry's scar hurts when Voldemort is near Harry or is feeling strong surge of hatred. Oh, nice. And that's because they're connected by a failed curse. The scar on Harry's forehead is no ordinary scar, mm-hmm. you see. So Dumbledore is like, it's probable that your dream happened in real life. And they both wonder about how Voldemort could have held the wand to curse Wormtail. And then Harry asks if Dumbledore thinks Voldemort's stronger. Dumbledore's like, look, I can't say for certain But during Voldemort's last rise to power, it was, well, his last rise to power was marked by disappearances, and there have been three so far. Bertha, Crouch, and Frank Bryce. 
and the ministry, he says the ministry doesn't think Frank Bryce is connected, but he used to work for, or he is from the town that Tom Riddle's family is from. So it's probably connected. And then Harry's like, um, so that Crouch's, Barty Crouch's son's trial was about Neville's parents? And Dumbledore's like, Neville's never told you why he was brought up by his grandma? And Harry says no, but then he's like, I feel, he doesn't say this out loud to Dumbledore, but he's like, I can't believe in the four years I've known Neville, I've never asked him about his parents. Yeah, it's pretty messed up, Harry. But it's kind of like an awkward subject to broach, right? Like... Right, but it, I mean, they're. Li- I mean, it is an awkward subject to broach, but at the same time, like, they live in the same dorm, and he's living with his grandma for a reason. And Harry has no parents. You could think that they could. He could be like, "So my parents are dead. How about yours?" I mean, or just be like, "Oh, are your parents like on holiday? Is that why you're staying with your grandma right now?" Or right, yeah. Somehow. You'd think rumor would get around. I would probably be more like Ron would be like, oh, I know. I heard about his parents from my parents. Right. right. Yeah. Especially so Dumbledore goes on to say that both Frank and Alice were really, uh, they're both ours and they were, they were really famous and popular ours. So when they were attacked by the four, the ministry was really, was under intense pressure for justice. But because Frank and Alice had gone insane because of the torture, so they're at St. Mungo's now and they don't even recognize Neville. So they're, the evidence they could provide is not that great, like not enough to really say for certain who did it. Oh, yeah. And then so it could like totally could have not been Barty Crouch Jr. They don't know. Mm-hmm. So he asks about two, Harry asks about two more people. He says Ludo Bagman. And Dumbledore says he's never been accused of dark magic since. And then he says Snape. And Dumbledore's like, look, that is between me and him. You don't need to ask anymore. Go to bed or go do whatever you need to know. And then on his way out, he says he tells Harry not to tell anyone about Longbottoms and then wishes him good luck on the third task. Gives him all this information and then he's like, bye. I have to do other things. So new things is the pensive, pensive, whatever, and the long bottoms, which we will probably talk about in a later book because they yeah. actually meet them. In and it book. breaks my heart. I think that's maybe the, mm. one of the saddest moments in the entire books. I know. So my question, my question and kind of like a exclamation is Marty Crouch Jr. didn't really get a trial. That They were just like, right. this is what you're accused of and now you're going to go. Or unless we didn't like, see they, it. I don't think they had a trial. I think that was their trial. Like, they got they got caught. They were held in Azkaban. And then they brought in, they were brought in to, like, crowd, for the crowds to tell them what they're being accused of. And jury votes without no evidence being given or, like, no counter being given by the accused. And then they're like, all right, you're going to go to prison. Bye. It doesn't seem like a great system. That seems real messed up. Yeah, especially because Dumbledore says Frank and Alice were the only two people that knew who did, who tortured, definitely tortured them. Right. And especially because, like, the three, the woman and the other two dudes, uh, I think, like, probably said that they did it. But Barty Crouch Jr. is like, I didn't do it. Maybe Mm. he was there at the wrong place at the wrong time. Who knows? Because Frank and Alice can't testify against them. Could be. Yeah, that's what I think seems little. Yeah, we also talked about how 
I think Sirius in a chapter before, like in a couple a couple weeks ago, talks about how Crouch was just really, really what is the word I'm looking for? Yes, that word. What? what do you mean? I like Crouch. Crouch was very Crouch was Crouch was very cutthroat and like intense about punishing of what he perceived who, whoever he perceived to be um, dark wizards. Right. right. The, the, he didn't really care if he could prove them to be dark wizards or not. If he thought they were dark wizards, then they were gonna be persecuted, right. prosecuted to I guess the toughest degree. Yeah. But anyway, so. In this chapter, Dumbledore says that he reads muggle newspapers, and that's Whoa. how he knew about Frank Bryce. But, like, how many n- muggle newspapers does he read? Because I don't think Frank Bryce's death would be in, like, the front page of right. whatever newspaper, big newspaper there is in London. or The London Times. Is that it? That it there is. There is a uh, London Times. Yes. That was a good guess. Like I, I would think that it's the probably Guardian. like on the local newspaper near like, the Sun, the, isn't that one? The Sun is a tabloid, but yeah. it, he probably yeah, reads it. And if that's probably would be in it. That's true. It famously like, has a mysterious four. death. They're probably like Frank died the same way uh, the previous occupants of this house died, with no markings or injury. Well, maybe dead. Right? Maybe maybe. And I realized that the internet wasn't a thing, but maybe he somehow has some sort of spell that can filter out new, like news that seems suspicious or different. You know, I don't yeah. know. How many He's people theoretically do you think get murdered like- in England every every day? Probably not tons. Cause it's not that big of a country. But I mean, uh- I, I wasn't saying like there aren't or there are many murders, but I was just saying. Like, little Hangleton's news is probably not going to be on. It might be like there might be a tiny thing in the London newspaper about right. this one dude that died. But, like, I feel like he would have to read newspapers of everywhere and be able to connect. Right. Unless he, unless he knows, unless he's, like, he thinks about, since Voldemort is on the rise, he thinks about places in connection Where? with Tom yeah. Riddle. And, like, if the Riddle family had an estate there, he would. Maybe that'd be a place that he would pay attention to. Yeah, that would make more sense that he like specifically looks out for certain places and puts the dots together. I just imagine like Dumbledore just reading newspapers from all over England or all over the United Kingdom and maybe Albania because that's where Voldemort was last seen. And then that's why he can't figure out or keep his teachers in line and stop them from crossbreeding magical creatures because he's too busy reading newspapers from everywhere. It looks like in 2015 there was 574 murders in the UK. So that's like that's only it. a murder or two a day. Uh, actually, no, it says England and Wales. So that's England and Wales. That's still not right. money. So he's probably not paying much attention to Scotland or, their, or, does, or right? Northern Ireland. Right? I <laughs> I mean, actually, technically, Hogwarts is in Scotland, so he probably should pay attention to Scotland. But still, uh, that's not that many. So if there's only, like, a murder or two a day, you know? Oh, my God. 500 in England and Wales in two days. Or two days. <laughs> in a year. In a year yeah. There were eight. Th- in, by October 24th, there were 88 homicides this year in Louisville alone. Yeah. 
Yep. Well, this is fun. That's sad. <laughs> Yay. But I, I feel like, I do feel like Dumbledore, that would be like the kind of person who would totally love little town crier papers and penny savers. <laughs> like, yeah. He would just, he would totally love stories about, you know, dogs that that call 911 or call 111 cuz it's not 911 yeah. there for their owners and stuff like that. I think that he would totally love all that. This is true. Well, that was my chapter. I don't think I have any other questions. 17,250 were killed in the US during that time. Our population is bigger, but it is. but it, I don't think that makes me feel all that much better. Not not really. Not great. <laughs> Good job, Bajaya. Thanks, Bajaya. This week, we have a special guest with us. Seth Fielding is here. Hi. Hi, Seth. Hello. Seth is our good buddy, and we've recently hung out together at Harry Potter World for a short bit of time before my world imploded on me, and I had to run to the airport. (laughs) But it was fun. We had to ride a a cool ride together, and Carly almost threw up. It was great. What ride was it? The Harry Potter ride. The I don't know. one? I don't know any the of the one, rides because I've never been. You're essentially like flying around uh, in Hogwarts and it feels like you're flying and it's amazing. I love and it. You like, you're basically on a little cart and it, dry, and it like flies you around. But then every once in a while you stop in front of a screen and it's like it's like simulated motion. And that is like not the friend of a person who gets motion sick. Yeah. <laughs> my friend. Yeah. My friend Caitlin couldn't get on the mummy ride after the Hogwarts ride. Because yeah. she was like, I will barf everywhere. Yeah. But man, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I felt really bad. I was like, oh, the best parts are the parts where you, <laughs> that were making you want to throw up. But I was like, <laughs> I'm going to cry because this is so cool. Oh, and they had all, all the little stuff when you went in there. That was cool. Like the headmaster's office. and Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Do they have the train at the California one, too? The Hogwarts You don't ride it. Oh. Uh, that's wait. new. That's new to the Florida one, though, right? Wait, there's a train ride it's in there for a couple of years. Yeah, you yeah, actually yeah. can go, you can go on from the Hogwarts Express. Yeah, like you go from Hogsmeade to Hogwarts or something. You can go from Diagon Alley to Hogsmeade, but then they also come by and talk. And Ho- uh, Hermione is not uh, Emma Watson's voice; <gasps> it's some random oh, person. We're like, who the fuck is impersonating Hermione? <laughs> Polyjuice potion. But that is not what we're here to talk about today, folks. We're actually going to talk about, I always call it the pensive, but I think that's not the right pronunciation. Snape calls it the pensive. The pensive? The pensive. That's because he's I always went conceited. Pensive. Yeah. The pensive. The pensive. Snape is like, um, I studied abroad in Paris for a whole six months, so I know. <laughs> no, because, uh, so I will, t- obviously we're going to talk about pensives but in yeah so in the Pottermore thing it says pensive is a homonym of pensive like the word the, the word that means like thoughtful oh, okay. so it's so obviously right. not pronounced pensive wait Got it. it's so, pronounced pensive or so pensive pensive ah. or maybe well well because like it's kind of like a sieve in itself because mm. it's sifting your memories right sort of yeah i guess because I always think of it's spelled the same way as the the last name of the children in *Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*, which is why I always pronounce it pensive because that's how their last name is. But oh, that's pensive. That sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. 
but I think we can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So I'll tell you all a little more about the pensive or the pensive that I've read on Pottermore, then we can discuss it. Cool. Okay. So a pensive is a wide and shallow dish made of metal or stone. It's often elaborately decorated or inlaid with precious, precious stones and carrying powerful, complex enchantments. They're rare because only advanced, uh, the most advanced wizards use them, and a majority of wizards are afraid to use them. So the perceived danger relating to, relates to its power over memory or thought. It's enchanted to recreate memories so that they become relivable, and so it takes every detail from your subconscious and recreates them so people that have things to hide, who are ashamed of their past, or that have secrets will not want to use it. It's harder to use it to examine and sort thoughts and ideas, and um, very few wizards can do that, including Dumbledore. So traditionally, a pensive is uh, buried with the wizard because it's considered to be an intensely personal artifact, and the thought and memories are also interred. But the Hogwarts one belongs to the school and not to Dumbledore, and it's been used by many of the headmasters and headmistresses who have left behind their life experience in the form of memories, and that forms an invaluable library of reference for the person in charge at that moment. So the Hogwarts pensive is made of ornately carved stone, and it is engraved with uh, modified Saxon runes, which mark it as an artifact of immense antiquity that predates the creation of the school. And uh, one unsubstantiated uh, legend says that the founders discovered the pensive half buried in the ground at the, on the very spot where they decided to erect the school. Ooh. And I, like I said, the word... Pensive is a homonym for pensive, meaning deeply serious, thoughtful, but it's also a pun since the, the sieve part of the word alluding to the object's function of sorting meanings from a mass of thoughts or memories. That's a quick rundown. It's cool. Huh. Let's discuss. Built on a pensive bear ground, burial yeah. ground. So, Seth, you wanted to talk about pensive. Yeah, I've got two main points of interest that I want to talk about. So the the first one I was kind of thinking about talking about is um, this is the most underused magical artifact in the entire series, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, because all right, let's look let's look at the stuff that this could have solved that <laughs> it, it did. <laughs> and and I wrote a list today at work. <laughs> I don't want to get too spoilery, but at the end of the book, we're on. Mm. There's a point where the Ministry of Magic needs to be convinced that someone saw something because yeah. they do not believe it. Right. And and I think that, you know, just walking up to this place and pulling the memory from the affected parties <laughs> would be like, no, no, this is actually what happened. Look at this fresh memory of things. That's true. I've never thought about that. Actually. That was actually one of my. I've, I had a couple. Qu- I have a. I have a lot of questions. A lot of questions. <laughs> one was so in terms of in terms of how it works. Is it actually? Is it like? Okay, man. This is this is a lot of questions. But is it is it kind of like one? Is it kind of like a carbon copy of something in your head? Are you just like taking a duplicate of it and you're keeping that memory still in your brain? Right. You're not losing that yeah. memory. No. Okay. Right. One. Two, I feel like is like obviously memory is subjective. So to what point could like someone create 
a false memory that somebody like now, in order to mislead someone. Now I well. heavily looked into this because <laughs> I, I had I had this same same thought because how would I counter my argument I just made? Right. And and so the only time in, in the books that it is talked about that someone has modified a memory is with Slughorn. Yes, yeah, Slughorn. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the modification was only leaving something out, not changing anything. It was gotcha. just they they subtracted from the memory and like there was a little blurb, but I and I would think someone as renowned as Slughorn, you know, if you could change the memories around, he would be able to. But he had mm. to resort to just deleting it from right. that thing. Now Stepping back one second to the carbon copy thing, doesn't Dumbledore like even say something to, to the effect of like my head gets too full, so I do this to like clear my mind kind of thing? Or is that more of like a metaphor or something? I think he was saying like he needs to take that single memory out of his head to maybe put it into the pensive and then look at it. Uh, like examine from, it. I guess yeah to examine it. instead of like just thinking about it maybe taking it out because his head is so full of other information and mm. memories and knowledge that he needs to take it out in order to yeah look at the that memory in particular more it's carefully. almost like you get entirely your perspective on it though I mm. feel as though I mean okay so it's keeping memories fresh that maybe are not fresh for you to actually recall like they're saying that if your brain trapped everything, like your brain traps all of this stuff that obviously it doesn't. But I don't think that, like, I think that it, I don't know if that would make you more perceptive though. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to suddenly, are you going to go back and like Sherlock Holmes in and realize that like his shirt was blue the whole time? Or like, <laughs> and you know, you didn't realize that before. If you didn't notice it in the first place, is that going to be in your memory? I don't know. That just seems like. Because it yeah. also, it also takes into account your subconscious. So maybe you, Maybe it, you'll see something in the memory that you put in the pensive that maybe you weren't even aware of just when you saw it or when you think back on it. But when you put it in the pensive, it like recreates this memory mm-hmm. taking into account your subconscious and other things. This is one of those where I, I found that the book and the movie gave me very different views on how this worked. Yeah. Well, in the. In the book, I felt it was more like when he was viewing Dumbledore's old memories, he was noticing things that Dumbledore noticed and was Uh being pulled in that direction. But in the movie, of course, because they've got to create the whole scene, it's more like everything's here. If you want to go and look at that speck of dust in that place, you can do that. But I don't know if that's just a medium thing or... Right. Well, and then then to the point of, of, you know, when you were saying that He's trying. They're trying to convince the ministry that something happened, and all they would have to do would be to go back in this person's memory and take this memory out. I guess there's there has to be some sort of wizarding law for what is kind of like what is admissible in terms of evidence, or you know, like it, how can they verify that something is real slash what is admissible evidence? I don't know. I just. I mean, I guess. I guess in this respect, it's not like they're going to court with this, but can you? Right. Take can you take a memory from someone by force? I, I don't think that ever happens, right? No, but I, I would think that 
the affected parties in this book would have been very but willing they, to be like, yes, here, you, everyone who wants to know yeah, what yeah, happened yeah. here, deal with it. I'm going to go in this corner and like cry. So, well, yeah. isn't there, there's like, and not that it's the same thing as taking like explicitly taking memory, but Snape does work with Harry eventually to like protect his mind mm-hmm. from in basically from invaders, essentially, you know, and occupancy. Occlumency, occlumency. I don't know how you should say that. So would that would that sort of fall under that category? You know, like would this be something like that? Like maybe even if they couldn't necessarily just take it right away, they could go into your brain and see it and then have that. I don't know. Like have that as seeing like, it, seeing it could be as their, their memory. memory and then taking yeah. their memory, kind of like videotape, like bringing a camcorder into a movie theater and pirating a movie that way, sort of. Yeah, but yeah. that, I mean, you could do that, but that would, to going back to like your, that would be like very, very subjective because then that memory, you, your memory of seeing that memory would be right. Like from your right. point of view. I'm not saying, right, right. Yeah. I mean, you probably wouldn't use that for, for, you know, to prove something good. You'd probably use that for evil in some way. So I don't know how much it would matter, like whether it was subjective or not. Who knows? Right. And and, I mean, that's, it's kind of the other two situations I had on here were follow along those lines. And one is in the, the last book with Sirius and Peter Pettigrew, Mm -hmm. you know, with that Lupin and Snape and Ron and Hermione all in the room. I felt as though they could have used that as proof of Sirius's innocence. Innocence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, even, even if it was, like, inadmissible on a single, I mean, you've got, like, five people there all remembering the same thing. Right. So yeah. I feel right. like that would have been a, a good case. And then the other one was in, in, in a later book when Harry went on trial for casting the Patronus for, mm. when he was around Dudley. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like they could have just been like, oh, well, let's bring you to the Pensieve and see what actually happened. Right. Yeah. It's like a submitting to a lie detector test. Right. Like if you're right. like, yeah, I'm just get let's get the pensive out of here. Yeah, you, you literally and, uh, get I'll to show go, you these dementors. Yeah, examine the memories however many times it requires at as long as they need. Yeah. Right. I guess um right. people that want to deny it would probably say that it's it was fake news or whatever, so like that the memory was tampered with and Dumbledore is a great wizard, so he obviously knows how to do it. Yeah. So, right, that's going to say, because you, yeah. you can obviously, like, confound, confound, confound people, and you can also take away people's memories, so mm-hmm. who's to say that you couldn't, like, alter someone's memory, so yeah. or how would implant. they... Yeah. Right, how would they... Or implant something, right? How would they be able to tell that it was genuine, I guess? Right. Yeah. I, th- I think the other thing, too, here that we really... You know, need to consider. Oh is... my god, I'm gonna t- punch you in the two there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, obviously, these are very personal items. I mean, they're buried with the wizards when, or in witches when they die. Clearly, these things are are mostly used for weird sex stuff, right? Like, <laughs> that, is, that is like. Wait, wait, is this home movies wizard edition? <gasps> yeah, and like essentially getting buried with it is like you know blast my cash blast when my I go. <laughs> like this is like, you can't. Oh my god! That's this excellent. is you don't you can't look why at the do you, Why would you do this? Why would you put this on us? <laughs> <laughs> like please, smash all the vials, pour it all down the toilet. Now I'm thinking about like like dudes or not just dudes like dudes and ladies who 
have just like keep their exes nudes and stuff like you just have these memories of yeah i, was I mean they're say, in there well, i was gonna say like there's gotta be like a black market for like like creepy oh yeah <laughs> creepy you go down nocturne alley and they're like you know come check out this gross thing <laughs> He, like, opens up his trench coat, and he's got all these vials. I like that we've gone from, like, oh, Dumbledore, like, only the most advanced wizards use this for, like, scholarly things, and then they're got, they watch their old sex sex scenes. Well, okay, 1, two things. Two things. Do you know Dumbledore's a weirdo? So you know that powerful wizards are weirdos. <laughs> Uh-huh. Two, like, how many galleons? There's a re- these are really elaborate and magical. Like, how many galleons does that set you back? These are rich weirdos. Like, I mean, I mean wands are we know it. Wands are only seven galleons, so maybe wizards don't know how to price things because, like, that Quidditch book was like thirty something galleons, and wands are seven. So maybe this is like fourteen galleons. But I mean, then, like, but then, yeah, like, man. a weird hat. Is probably like two hundred galleons or something. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They're not the best. Rich, rich eccentric people. You know. I'm just saying. There's like an entire shelf of just Grindelwald on, <laughs> on Dumbledore's thing. It's just all vials. It's like twenty, fifty vials. He keeps it. He, he keeps them like behind grindle. other. He keeps them like behind wall. other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it he, says like, like hides he, them. He hides them under his mattress. Well, he has it. He has it like labeled taxes on that shelf. <laughs> Seth, I'm sure when you wanted to talk about pensive, that you expected this to happen. One hundred percent, completely. Y'all, y'all, y'all stole my third point. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Shit. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, uh, oh, so I, uh, what, what I thought you were going to say, Michael, is that we're forgetting that this is a book, which is totally what I was uh, like. I was like, that's what I thought you were going to say, and I was like, hey. Or oh, I was going to blame it on magic. Well, I did yeah. have w- one one little more observation that oh, yeah, yeah. The, All right. So throughout the books uh, and the movies, I only really see two wizards ever take memories out, and that's right. Dumbledore with a wand mm-hmm. and Snape with a tear. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So, so that got me thinking that both Dumbledore, well, of course, Dumbledore would be versed in this because he's Dumbledore; he knows all. But, but Snape to be this versed in memory magic, right, would lead me to believe that he has used the pensive at at length. So mm-hmm. I was wondering that when Snape turned traitor, if this was not how they exchanged coded or like secret messages back and forth mm-hmm. as, you know, he worked in, because that'd be a very untraceable way. That's that's true. Yeah. I mean, you have to be careful that your, your carrier owl didn't get shot down or something, but Right, but visiting true. a pensive and then just dropping a memory in. That's yeah. true. Just that would, giving each really other, smart. he could just be like, here's a vial of uh, this drug that I found. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, I was like, like all here's, right, here's here's a Coca Cola. Have some, have a drink today, and then and, it's and just like, how easy would it be for Snape to disguise a vial of memory as a potion on his person, being the potions master? Yeah, right. that is true. Yeah, that is very true. I feel like you could use the pensive for a lot of things that are both nefarious and good. Like, I feel like it could be a good, like, therapy tool. It could be a good, like, police training or aura training tool for, like, memory and, like, uh, observation and stuff like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, hey, back the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Beep. All right. 
<laughs> so when when Snape is giving Harry the oculumency, 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 he takes shit out of his head so that Harry can't see it. He oh, takes yeah. the memories okay, so out right. of his head. Like, he doesn't have that memory. Like that's the thing. He does that, does that mean that he does not have that memory anymore? And like, I, what if that? That's what it means. Well, yeah. So so okay. So this is this is my this is what would happen to me is that I would do that and I would put it in like a vial and then I would immediately trip and fall and like that memory would just be gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe like do. yeah, maybe there is there is a way to like actually take it out. And then maybe yeah. put it back on. Or w- w- would your memory just be like squirming like a worm on the floor until you picked it up? I feel like <laughs> it would just sink into the carpet like like a stain. And I'd be like, no. And I'd try and soak it up and I'd only get little pieces of the memory. <laughs> oh, no, that was Rio. <laughs> oh, God. It could. So when you said, Sarah, that it could be like a good therapy thing to do. But it could also be like a pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? Unhealthy yeah. For you to just like keep examining one memory over and over again. Yeah. I already do it's that a, a lot. Out. Imagine if I could actually live in it. That'd be terrible. Or like a weird reversed es- escapism where it's like, I did this terrible thing. I just didn't take it out and pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. Oh my God. Sarah, Sarah would take out the memory of when she got the, the, clue, the question about in the bathroom wrong. <laughs> that she would just like re rehash it every time. I would be like, you hear the in the bathroom. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it'd be pretty ironic if I flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> no, man. That's, yeah, that's true. And I mean, I feel like that that's true. I feel like I would like relive, maybe relive stuff. Oh my God. There's so many times, there's so many things, like, dumb things that I would like, wor- I obsess about that I would definitely just like yeah. take out and just like, you know, kind of like, flossing but with you know it, and like you know you have an ar- you have an argument and you do the the essentially the same thing as like scrolling back up through your g chats to like see like well what did they actually say right, right. <laughs> what did i say here just go just jump into that that argument over and over again yeah really good that times would, it would that would be i mean pretty helpful for a lot of a lot of things probably time consuming but helpful i mean mm. it does seem like snape erased just like took memories out of his head which yeah that's kind so harry of can get at him that's crazy but do you think he remembers them once he takes them out of his head or do you think that they're those memories are just gone until he puts them back like that's weird they, if right they exist, if they exist outside of your head do they like do they just exist in and of themselves or are they still in there that's yeah i mean i don't know i feel like they're not in there if you take them out oh here's the question if if you put them in the pensieve Mm-hmm. And then you go into the pensieve. Does that recreate the memory in your mind, you, mind because you you're like, experiencing Whoa, it again? I can't believe that happened. <laughs> that was awesome. Or like, oh shit, I did a really dumb thing. Can I forget about this again, please? <laughs> That's probably more likely. That's a good point. Are you discovering that for the first time? You like take the memory out because you want to get rid of it, and then once it's gone, you're like, well, why would I throw away this memory? What, what is this memory? <laughs> and then you I got doing? two to get rid of. Uh, it would just be like getting rid of like a pair of pants that don't really fit you that well but you're like but these are really good pants and you keep putting them on and every time you put them on you're like well this is stupid i hate these i should just get rid of these but you keep them anyway exactly like that yes i guess i don't know man if you could if if you could get rid of uh, memories what if you like accidentally you got drunk and then just 
accidentally removed a bunch and then you wake up like an eternal sunshine kind of situation. That's that's an excellent point. You're like, you're drunk, you're mad at your ex. You're like, I'm taking out all my memories. And you like, how would you know <laughs> if you lost them? Oh, right. Like, yeah, I'm so mad at you. I'm going to erase you from my mind. Right. Yeah. Like you never happened. Right. If you were blackout drunk, would that let you go and see what stupid shit you did? Oh, man, I think that would be the worst to... for me. No, thank you. I would take those out and not <laughs> even look at it, and I'd be like, not looking, not looking. <laughs> That'd be bad. I would have to, like, relive GeeklyCon karaoke night. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great night. <laughs> you would have to relive any karaoke night. That's true. That's true. Man. No. Man. That was fun. I don't know. I think, well, I think you're right, topic. though. I definitely think Y'all? that they could have used this They used this much more in the books. Mm. Mainly, it's also because it's just a cool device. It's really cool. Yeah, she did that, like, she created a lot of very powerful objects that could really fuck things up. Like, like that, like the Marauder's Map. It's like, oh, this could screw up so many things. <laughs> it's a good thing it very carefully did not. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad none of the main characters or supporting cast thought of how to use any of these things properly. <laughs> or else like just there would be no story. It'd be like, "Oh, hey, look, we solved all the things in book 1." <laughs> well, this was a super fun topic. Thank you, Seth, for yeah, uh, awesome. suggesting it. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Thanks, for, great. Yeah, was... thanks for listening and supporting us. Of course. Yeah. Seth, where can we where can we find you on the internet? I am at Setheroff on Twitter, that's at S-E-T-H-E-R-O-P-H. And on the Geekly Inc. Discord, I am the same thing, S-E-T-H-E-R-O-P-H. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, sir. All right, well, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, uh... Bye. I'm going to store Most... this one in my memories. <laughs> <laughs> joining us for You're a Wizard, Harry. Our editor is Alan Matthews. Our artwork was done by Jesse Carlton, and our music was done by Sean Fagan. I know you want to help us out, so why don't you head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And also, send us an email so we can talk to you. Um, you can do that by emailing us at potterpod at geeklyinc.com. Hey, I know you all want to keep talking to us, so find us on Twitter at PotterPod. I'm Michael, and you can find me at Thrifty Nerd. I'm Sarah, and you can find me at Her Lady Tompkins. And I'm Bajaya, and you can find me at Ethnic Ninja. Yeah, Chicago. I think Chicago <laughs> has as many murders as the UK, or England and Wales, anyway. Yeah, and how, what's their population in Chicago versus England and Wales? Uh, I think it's like 3 million. It's a weird thing for me to actually know. but That would be pretty cool if you knew that. But we were looking at populations of cities. 2.75 million. In Chicago? Chicago. Okay, hold on. Let me see what the population of England is. 65 million. <laughs> so it's a little bit bigger. <laughs> it's a little bigger. <laughs> can, we, can we do proportionally, though? Like, uh, what is such such and such percent of 
murder? Do you like the percentage of murders, a population murdered? If that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know why I I'm so fascinated with this right now, but I kind of am. Strange. What is the, what is the population of whales? So the population of whales is like around 3 million. I was going to say, it can't be more than five. Anyway. That's fascinating. You're you're welcome, Alan. This is all for you. You're learning now so you, much, you Alan. You know more now. 